You're listening to Run, Are You Win? Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, and we're going to talk about revival because we want to be revived. We need to be revived. Our country needs revival because our churches need revival, and then the church gets revived, then it brings an awakening to the nation. Oh, boy. Uh, As time progresses, I think more and more people in the church are going to say, help us, Lord, we need you more than ever now. That's what I think. But anyway... I want to talk to you about a revival in the Bible that a lot of people don't call revival, but it is. It is. It's a reviving. Something new took place, something that needed to take place and hadn't been taking place. And uh, it kind of is a great example of revival when I explain it to you. But we have uh, this, this group of years before the birth of Jesus. We have a group of years, 400 and some years, where they kind of call it, the scholars and teachers call it the, the silent years. In other words, it was years that we, that where God was supposedly not talking uh, to anybody. I don't think that's probably true, but I think it means formally without prophets, formally the quiet years. He was probably talking to people. He's not going to shut himself down for 400 years. But it means the, the formal prophetic years were quiet as far as we can tell. Okay, at least we don't have records of too much going on then. That's what they call it anyway. But then, all of a sudden, uh, God breaks through, through angels and the Holy Spirit. And so that's when uh, we begin to read in our Bibles about these new people show up and the Holy Spirit's working. And that's where we, we hear about uh, Elizabeth, you know, and, and her husband and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and uh, the people in the temple. Just all these new characters are showing up. And... There's been no action, as far as some of these scholars say. There's been no action for over 400 years. And all of a sudden, bang, action starts. And people are having angelic visitations like Joseph and, and uh, Holy Spirit visitations and, and, and all this. And John the Baptist, you know, leaps in her womb, you know, and is filled with the Holy Spirit and Elizabeth's womb. All of a sudden this action starts. Now, the, the, the reason that's so important is who these people are. Mostly just ordinary people. Mostly. Just ordinary folks doing their ordinary lives. And now all of a sudden we have God activity, Holy Spirit activity, angelic activity after being quiet. Well, that's sort of what a revival is or a a renewal, revival, activity. Activity starts that wasn't going before. It doesn't mean that there was no God. It doesn't mean that God wasn't on the scene. It doesn't mean that God's not everywhere, even that. But activity was slow or no, either none or it was just slow to hardly creeping along. You know, you can hardly tell it's happening. Well, you go to churches today and that's kind of how it is, isn't it? You, you wouldn't say God's not there at all because God's everywhere. But the God activity in 
you know, first or second church over here and that church and this building over there, like you go to it, they're all going to be about the same, either none or very, very slow God activity at all, if we notice it at all. And so you can go week after week after week and the same old thing, same old thing. And it's nice to see the people and the people are nice and they got programs and support groups and, uh, you know, they eat together and just, you know, nice things are happening there. But there's not a lot of God activity. It's like we're in the silent years, you know. And uh, but when when God moves, as you read, if you'll read the history of revivals, very often it's kind of a godless, lawless society before God begins, bang, he starts working again. I heard on the news today, some politicians talking about our country and they said, uh, our country is now a law. We're a lawless nation. And uh, then they said, we don't, they said, we don't know how it happened, but we're a lawless nation. And the Bible speaks about the spirit or the, the, the kind, there's lawlessness in the world. And so a lot of times there was lawlessness in societies and then bang, all of a sudden, God began to have activity. And you'll find that there were people praying for revival, praying for the move of God to increase. And then, wow. And the unique thing about it is when he does that, then he starts working in ordinary people. In fact, usually the people that are, the high ups in religion miss it altogether. Usually they miss it altogether. And uh, so, so it was in Jesus day when he's born, we have these quiet years and uh, nothing happening as far as uh, officially or scholarly as we study it, they don't say much uh, going on. And all of a sudden ordinary people, you know, uh, are being touched by God and angelic and this, all this activity's going on, you know? And, uh, they're anticipating something, you know, and we get down through and we uh, all of a sudden, you know, we hear about this uh, girl, young teenager named Mary, uh, who's supposed to be, she's supposed to get married to Joseph. And, uh, and now what happens? You know what happens. These ordinary folks and all of a sudden this ordinary girl, 13, 14 years old, they guess, a lot of them think. And uh, she gets a visitation from God. And he starts telling her that how this great thing's going to happen and, and she's going to get pregnant by the Holy Spirit and a new kind of humanity is going to be born, born of a woman, but of the seed of God. And uh, maybe that sounds so fantastic, but you know, when you're born again, you're born again for a reason so that you can be born of a woman, which you are, but you get the seed of God in you. So you're kind of a new humanity, just like Jesus is a kind of human we never had before. And, and it gets announced to her, this is what we want to do. This is what we need to do. The world needs a savior, you know. And uh, that's when the angels announced it, you know, uh, unto us, a savior is born. Emmanuel is with us. God is with us now in a new way, in humanity, the new son, Jesus, the son of the living God. And so this, the, the God's, the, she gets a godly visitation, you know, gets visited. And they describe, you know, all the things that need to happen. And the amazing thing then and all done is Mary's response. And this is how you get revival and how some people get to be leaders of moves of God. Even in a lawless culture, as we've seen. And Mary then, after they get done saying, this is what we want to do. And it's pretty fantastic because you've got to take it in reality. 
If this happens to her and everybody knows she hasn't been with a man, she hadn't been with Joseph uh, and uh, that, and, and she tries to say, I haven't been, well, they're not going to believe her because they know so far she hadn't, but then all of a sudden she ends up pregnant. What do you think people are going to think? Yeah, they're going to think, you know, she's done something really wrong and they're going to ostracize her. They're going to criticize her. They're going to kick her kind of out of the favor of the community. And uh, what's Joseph going to think? Because if, if she's pregnant and he wasn't part of it, well, what's he going to think? She's really done something wrong. So this is going to be tough on her reputation because not a lot of people are going to go for the story. I, I've been made pregnant by God, by the Holy Spirit. They're not, everybody's not going to go for that. We're going for it because we understand it. But you put yourself in her culture and her shoes. She's, she's got to think through this, like, what's going to happen to me after I try to explain this to people? And uh, so this is a costly, costly time and a decision she's got to make. But when it's all said and done and the whole story, she goes for it. This is a very brave and courageous and unusual girl, young girl, teenager. And she says this, all right, then let it be. Let it be done to me, just like you've said. Let it be done to me, according to the words you've just spoken over me. Have at it. Let it be done. Knowing the consequences would be uh, the criticism of community, the criticism maybe of losing Joseph over this. And now he gets convinced, an angel convinces him later that she's telling the truth. But, you know, what are her parents going to think? You know, what's her dad going to think? Is he going to believe her or not? We, we don't know any of those kinds of things. And what's her relatives going to think? But anyway, there, there you go. There's a, the beginning of the revival is the stirrings of ordinary people are being touched by the Holy Spirit and visited by God. And then finally, this girl becomes at that point, the leader of revival because she's going to bring forth the Messiah that's going to be born. So she's sort of the center now until Jesus is born. And she's got to decide if she's going to allow that to happen or not. Is she going to be what God's asking her to be? And that's when revival really kicks in is when she says, well, then you can have me, Lord, the way you want to have me. Jesus is going to be born of me. Let it be unto me. Let it be done to me just like you want it to be. And that's what we need in the world. That's what's different. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people that are let something be done to them. It's not just, okay, just, uh, you know, give me, you know, I'll, I'll try to clean up my heart a little bit. I'll try to have some good thoughts and I'll try to not have bad habits. This is, she's saying, something's going to have to be done to me if this is going to work. Let something be done to me. So changed, so different, so miraculous that it's going to change the world, but it's going to change her world. She'll never be the same again. And is, is she willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? See, that's what God's looking for today. Vessels of revival. People that will carry revival. Well, if you're going to do it, you can't be like everybody else. You've got to, you've got to be willing. Lord, say, I'm, I'm the one you're looking for. I'm the one you're looking for. I'm the one you're looking for. Let whatever you want to do, do it. Because I want to be what you want me to be. I want to lead this thing and bring forth and help bring forth the birth 
of Jesus Christ as the revival leader, the center of attention, until we get a breakthrough from heaven and God comes down in his power and glory. Now, I don't mean the return of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the reviving power of, of the Lord where the increase, just like when Jesus day, all of a sudden there's a huge increase of activity of the Holy Spirit. And everybody says, I have been revived. Let it be done to me according to your word, O Lord. And that's revival. Well, until next time, we'll talk some more about that. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival. Revival.